views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and guests and in no way represent the state of Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Historical Society, or the Oklahoma State Historic Preservation Office. Living with ADD can be tough. If something is not found to be interesting, regardless of what it is, the ability to focus on it can be almost non-existent. At the same time, if it's interesting, hyperfocusing is typical. It can become all-encompassing. I don't just take a light interest in something, I deep dive into it, to the point of where it can be overwhelming. With this podcast, I'm going to talk about the subjects of those deep dives. Welcome to Musings of an ADD Mind. I'm your host, Jack Robertson, and these are the things that fascinate me. Hey, Jack here. And before we get to the episode, I really want to thank Todd once again for coming on the show. He was incredibly open and honest about his life story. And I know that there were parts that were difficult for him to talk about on such an open forum. And so I really, really appreciate Todd coming on the show and sharing his story with us. It was it was deep at times. It's very emotional. And I appreciate him. Also, at the time of the recording, I had a sinus infection, so my voice is a little off. And there are a few spots where, as Todd was talking, it cut out for whatever reason. But I feel Todd's story is important enough that I want to put it out there anyway. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Musings of an ADD Mind podcast. This is Jack, your host, and I have the ADD Mind. Joining me today is Todd, and we're going to talk about his life story. And Todd is a father, a grandfather, a husband, a nurse. And um, Todd, I don't know if you know this, but your husband, like yourself, is gay. I don't know if you knew that. I think I did. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I just, you know, I, I wasn't sure if that was something that you guys had, you know, brought up. <laughs> no. <laughs> so Todd and I are Facebook friends. We don't know each other in any other realm but the Facebook world. I'm not even sure which one of us friended the other. Um, but as I would see Todd's post, I always thought to myself, this, this fella is just super generous with his time and is always willing to help people, and he does a lot of charitable things, and he's a nurse, and I just thought, man, this guy's this guy's a nice guy. So we started, I would comment on his stuff, and he'd occasionally comment on mine, and when I had this uh, podcast, I thought, Todd's somebody that I really want to uh, have on the show, because he's had a pretty interesting life. So, Todd, why don't you uh, briefly introduce yourself here, and let the people get to get to know you. All right. So, as he said, my my name's Todd. Um, I just, as of this year, became AARP qualified, so I'm 55. Um, <clears throat> kind of grew up in the East Coast, and right now I reside on the West Coast. Started started out on the East Coast, went to school, um, graduated, and... Uh, According to my dad's values, when he went right into the labor force, I um, did some, throughout high school. I did some um, minor jobs, you know, dishwashing, throwing fruit ba- or through crates around. Worked at a drive-in, um, a couple restaurants. 
Um, but once I didn't finished high school, I worked as a laborer at a truck building shop. We built truck bodies, and while I was there, I on my time off, I would practice welding, became an aluminum MIG welder, and did the tailgates for those truck bodies. Oh wow! And then was there for a while. Got <clears throat> got married pretty young. Um, ended up having three children, three daughters, and I got laid off. And at that time, there wasn't much of any welding jobs around, so I was pondering what I wanted to do next. And um, I actually went back and talked with my school counselor um, because my they do those funky little tests for you that mm -hmm. um, kind of give you the top three things that you should do in life according to what your values are. And one of, one of mine was being a pastor. One was something to do with farming, I think. And I think it was veterinarian. And the other one was to be a nurse. Oh. And my school counselor actually provided me the information um, to start my course in life as a nurse and I did the long route. I went to a nursing home and worked as a CNA um, first mm -hmm. to see if I liked it, um, which led me into my LPN program. Mm -hmm. uh, from there I went to my program and then I went on to get my bachelor's and my master's in business administration and healthcare. So that's awesome. Um, I imagine the last year and a half has probably been pretty hectic for you then. Yes, this, this whole strain of COVID um, has been quite interesting, um, quite um, difficult to kind of hold your tongue with the different views that are out there. I, I understand yeah. that feeling. <laughs> yeah, well, I hear I'm hearing it all the time. I mean, we have the vaccinated that are kind of blaming the unvaccinated for the current surge, and then we actually have those unvaccinated that said they were in places that the vaccinated actually gave it to them, and so it's it's just a constant battle back and forth, and um, it's not not in my role to. Um, argue with them or right. demand their values. Um, it's in my role to be the caregiver and the one uh, providing to try to help them re retain what life uh, the good Lord intended them to have. Um, so I, I take that I take that as my outlook and my role as far as to keep peace within myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, It's got to be tough just being a nurse normally is pretty difficult. I know several family members and different people that are nurses. I have uh, my cousin's wife. She was a trauma ER nurse for uh, 35 years. She just retired last year. Mm. And so um, she has definitely told us some crazy things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most definitely. But no, I applaud anybody that, they can do that because a lot of times it's a really a thankless job, even though it shouldn't be. Yeah, I just had a one of my ICU nurses. Um, she did a post and 
she said the first first round of COVID, people seemed more appreciative of the care and the time and the efforts that we took were taking to treat. Mm -hmm. This time around, with the hospitals being full, um, we're actually most of the hospitals here in Washington, all the ERs are boarding patients. Some of the ERs have actually shut down because they're boarding inpatients in their whole ER. That, that's <clears> happening <throat> here in Oklahoma as well. Yeah, but she said the second the second round, it seems like people are not as appreciative. They're more angry and they're uh, presenting to the nurses as more entitled than they are appreciative. So, and, and that's unfortunate. I had to spend a, week, a couple of days in the hospital last summer. My back went out, and every time the nurses came in, I was always happy because it meant they were giving me pain meds. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I for one appreciate working in the medical field and think that it's fantastic and you've, you know, had your hand in helping more people than you'll ever know, even if they don't ever tell you thank you. So right. I, I will say thank you on behalf of everybody you have ever helped. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, you and, you and your husband went to a fundraiser in Colorado Springs. Um, yes. Could you tell us what that is about? Because I just think it's cool that, you know, not only are you willing to do fundraisers for various things, but you traveled to a different state to do it. And a lot of people, you know, wouldn't do that. So um, this will give you an opportunity to maybe get people to go to it next year. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my husband and I try to be generous because, I mean, we've we've been blessed and are, have been fortunate. Um to where we're at. Um, we used to belong to a small men's group, which is now uh, and has ended um, due to the decreased activity and lack of interest, which I'm pretty sorry about because we had people across the states um, like South Carolina, Florida, um, Illinois, Texas, Colorado, um, Wyoming, Utah, California. Um, but we used to, each of us kind of did like small fundraisers and we each would contribute the best that we could. And here in Washington, we gave blankets out to a whole assisted living program or home. The one year at Christmas, uh, we donated probably close to a thousand dollars to the food bank. Um, awesome. But the event you're talking about um, is on my husband's side of his interests, and his interests uh, lie within the veteran and civilian aspects of people and suicide prevention, uh, because we've had at least three friends that have committed suicide, and it's oh, that's horrible. You know, it's, it's not a fun ordeal to have to kind of accept after you've spent time with them and got to know them and went on vacations with them and uh -huh. uh, one gentleman actually boarded a, a room from us and lived with us for almost a year um, and then we moved we moved away and he got his own apartment and sh shortly after we moved away he had committed suicide um, <clears throat> but um, Chris has gotten connected with the veteran side um, and how much the veterans come back from serving their country and then have a hard time 
getting back in connection with the civilian life um, after being trained to be a uh, warrior. Um, so he, he knows those numbers well. So uh, him and a friend of his uh, organized uh, this event down at Sunshine Studios in Colorado Springs uh, called uh, Metal Fest, and they had an opening band, which was kind of a country rock band, and then they had four metal bands that actually up and pretty much volunteered their time to present this concert. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, the starting costs were minimal, and <clears throat> there was the events event center and um, getting some promotion mm -hmm. stuff done as far as outgoing costs, but then uh, tickets going in were like 20 bucks a ticket, or there was a site where you could purchase merchandise, uh, be it a t-shirt, stickers for your car, or tumbler, mm -hmm. um, that if you could show that you purchased from that per that site, um, that was your ticket in. Oh, so, awesome. <laughs> um, it was our first time doing it, so... Um, our our profits were a little less than we anticipated, but I think we ended up earning like two thousand, close to two thousand, if not two thousand um, dollars. And we divided those earnings in between um, twenty two until none, which mm -hmm. does veteran suicide, and then the national suicide hotline, which does civilian hotline. So we that's that's fantastic. Um, so I'm the son of a retired Air Force veteran. I was in the army myself, and then my son just got out of the Air Force uh, at the end of last month, actually. And he's mm. he's stationed in Colorado Springs, and if I would have been able to tell him enough in advance, he, I'm sure he would have went to that concert. Uh -huh. Actually, my daughter lives with him there in Colorado Springs as well, my youngest one. But no, that's fantastic. And the, in the veteran one that you said, the 22 is because 22 veterans a day commit suicide. So that's yes. incredibly... Uh, noble thing that you guys have done and not only with your money but with your time is really the thing that people can give the most of is your time so when you're giving your time to something that's you know incredibly valuable so i really appreciate it and think that that's well i mean the cost for us to go down to colorado was to us it was minimal because we lived there for 13 years mm -hmm. so it's always nice to go back and visit and see friends and Mm -hmm. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and shift gears a little bit. Okay. What I want to know is, I know, but I just want to like have you sort of explain. So you and Chris have been together for 20 years, correct? Correct. But you've only been legally married for 10 because it's only been legal for that long. Correct. So my, I'm not even really sure how to properly phrase it, but so my question is, how obviously it was a big deal to get married legally because you're like recognized by everybody, which I completely understand who doesn't want to be recognized. Mm -hmm. but I, there's more to it than that because when you're legally married, you can now collect like life insurance and be in the hospital, you know, the other members in the hospital. So maybe you could tell everybody just how much that was like a, a big deal from your perspective. Because that's an an important part of your life story, right? So, uh, <clears throat> as I said, I I'll go back a bit. As I said, um, I got married early, 
um, not too early. I was in in my tw I was twenty. I had my first child at twenty one, um, and then I ended up having two more. So I was actually married um, straight for fifteen years, out of, shortly out of high school. Okay. <clears throat> and after fifteen years, uh, we kind of came to a conclusion of us uh, drifting apart. Um, and we accepted that and, and um, ended up getting divorced. Um, <clears throat> and the rough part there is when you had to have the kids, um, trying to balance out the kids. Um, but we did maintain, um, she had primary custody, but I maintained my visitation um, mm -hmm. to a stand, standard. And, um, she ended up remarrying and moving, but so we had to adjust my weekend visitation to a block sum over the summer when they were on summer vacation from school. Right. So, but, but I, um, part, of, part of our separation was um, we realized that I had um, come to conclusion that uh, what I've tried to put underneath me and uh, um, deny because uh, it didn't really match my parents values uh, was the fact that I was gay and I had interest in the same sex partner mm -hmm. I ended up meeting Chris online um, we talked for probably about four three four months before we decided that we would actually meet and I drove from Wyoming to Colorado to meet him in a Safeway parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it was safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's the first time we're meeting, so he didn't know if I, if I was like a mass murderer or something. And so we met in the parking lot. I gave him a friendship gift. It was a candle holder with a uh, Yankee candle in it. And um, we kind of hit it off and actually had our first date that day and went to Olive Garden. And um, that's pretty much the only date we had because we connected so well. Oh wow! So um, it wasn't wasn't much later because because of the divorce, I was looking at um, doing a travel job, and my travel job was going to take me to Colorado um, to the hospital right near where he was living. Mm -hmm. So uh, we talked about it and kind of looked around and we ended up uh, by the end of that September uh, getting an apartment together because my job my contract was going to start and his uh, current apartment lease was going to be ending so it was just the right timing and so but it fell into place that's but, pretty cool you guys had to be some of the uh, some of the first um, internet dating site couples in who knows? Maybe you hold the record for longest time together from an internet oh, I, site I in two thousand and one. So. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think so. <laughs> we had what's funny though. We did did end up becoming a couple of the month on that site for a while. So <laughs> <laughs> I am, um, but I, I understand getting married young. My wife and I, we got married young. Um, she was sixteen when we had our first child. But fortunately for her, I'm perfect, and so that's why we've been able to. <laughs> to be together this long she just happened to luck out and you know 
meet me. <laughs> yeah, so, so we got together, and then that the following year in October, we actually, um, because marriage wasn't legal, but we wanted each other to know we are committed to each other, um, mm -hmm. did, a, did a commitment ceremony in our apartment. And we only had like about 15 to 20 people present. Mm -hmm. We actually did a commitment ceremony and exchanged our vows and had a. I I actually baked our first cake, uh, which was quite the adventure because I wasn't used to cooking at high altitude. So oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple cakes flopped and I I was having a fit, but <laughs> it turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, so so we were together and then um, come 2011 when New York. Um, made it legal in New York prior mm -hmm. to the national acceptance of her vote. Um, I had, they, it was like June, June something that they passed it. And we <clears throat> were like, you know, it'd be awesome to go back to New York and, you know, get married and see the 9-11 site. Mm -hmm. So I started researching stuff online and got all the information together um, as far as, uh, where we had to go to do our marriage license, and I ended up sending in $25 to rent the Cop Cut site in the Central Park area, mm -hmm. and that gave it to you for like, I think it was an, an hour or two hours. They would have blocks of time. Mm -hmm. Found a, a, men's, a menswear place for tuxedos. I found a cake place for a small cake. And um, actually found a little restaurant off the side of Central Park that was a barbecue place and had a little room down in the bottom where they would kind of have a small reception for us. So I, I organized everything online. And then we flew into New York before our wedding and actually... Uh, oh, we, I did, did book the photographer too. So we went and got our tuxes the day before, and then we had the photographer meet us uh, at the hotel, and he took pictures all the way from the hotel all the way through the event. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, it turned out really nice. But yeah, you've posted but, pictures from your wedding on Facebook. And, yes, um, I could tell that you were you were incredibly happy because. I don't know, just your expression on, well, both of your faces, really. But you guys, you really, it was like joyful, just your expression, and that really comes through. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. So he's not lying. He, they were. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, I mean, well, down, down the line, it even becomes more special because, um, I mean, uh, well, let's backtrack a little bit. Um, before, we be, before we got married and stuff, um, I was kind of an advocate in Colorado as far as uh, trying to enforce or get the rights for civil unions uh, versus marriage. Um, I actually was with a group, and I stood on Colorado's um, assembly steps um, as a group kind of protesting for our right to that, mm -hmm. for uh, making it visible that we wanted rights. Um, I actually testified in front of the Senate uh, committee oh. in Colorado. Oh, wow. Was that nerve-wracking? A little bit, <laughs> but um, so I mean we we fought we fought for the rights and I mean they were dragging their feet 
but uh, for us it was important, especially me as a nurse, I, knowing gay couples and knowing those that went into the hospitals and they were being denied rights as far as speaking up for their person that they'd been with or caring for and not being able to visit and being told that no, only immediate family had the right to see them and they had to give, the family member had to give permission for them to even go in and I mean, it it was disappointing, and um, other families that ended up, they were couples older than us that had lost a member, and then they were fighting, you know, splitting up their estate or um, dealing with the estate mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, the, the insurance stuff. And so, I mean, there definitely is benefits to having those marriage rights. Mm -hmm. uh, some people, some people would ask us, well, why? Because they, you know, marriage rights gives you more headaches, and I'm, I'm like, yeah, but the more headaches, I says, are worth, worth it in the long run, as long as you're combining couples that compromises and can see your see your future together. Yeah, no, that's so, that's incredibly important, and you know, as somebody who's straight and married, it's just something that a lot of times you just don't think about because you can do it and it's not something that like ever pops in your head. And then one time I, I had a friend and went through that exact situation because I grew up in the evangelical church and I never could understand why somebody would put, could not have a relationship with their children. <laughs> you know, as a father, my kids are like my you know greatest thing. I love my kids. And I can't imagine ostracizing your child for something stupid. Right. Right. So, I'm glad that, that the world has changed. And when, you know, we were messaging back and forth, I have, I have another, well, I, and um, he's, he's gay and in his 20s. And the stuff that you went through, he has never had to go through because people like you and Chris went through it and fought to have equal rights. And, Correct. And that's one of the, an important thing that, that led me to, you know, I'm just like, man, that's just awesome that, People do that because it's the generation behind that always reaps, <laughs> you know, the full rewards of um, all the hardship that the other generation fighting for it went through. Yes. So. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I just want to share what made, in the long run, made our ceremony special. Um, so initially, when I initially when I got divorced and I came out, um, my dad wasn't happy. It took him two to three years to accept it. Um, and then he pretty much embraced embraced it when Chris went back and um, when we had to leave our, from our visit, my dad hugged him I, and that just like blew me away. It brought me to tears because um, I'd never thought my I'd see my dad do that. Um, but when we got married, um, you know, you always, you always have the witnesses for mm -hmm. your certificate. Yes. So, of course, uh, most of the people that were there were gay friends we had met at some point in time along the way in our livelihood. Um, uh, some, some of them were from a visit that we went to Provincetown and vacationed for a week and just made a bunch of friends up there. And um, So they, <clears throat> they joined us. Um, but as far as on my family side, my brother, one of my brothers, and my his daughter, my niece, mm -hmm. and her husband came up for our ceremony. And 
it was my brother and my niece that actually stepped up to sign our marriage certificate. Oh, that's cool. At witnesses. And little did I know, um, shortly after that, I was going to lose my brother to cancer. So oh, that's tough. I'm sorry I, about that. I'll always have that memory that um, of him signing our marriage certificate and showing his acceptance on behalf of my side of the family of our union. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That is very, uh, very deep and meaningful. Um, my father-in-law died of cancer. My mom actually passed away earlier this year. It wasn't cancer, but so yeah, losing, you know, brother and parents obviously is tough. But I'm glad that your family, especially your dad, I know how hard for certain generations it is for people to accept things. So that's it's fantastic that your dad, your dad did that. So especially for you and Chris, it's even more fantastic. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that's, I just think that, you know, somebody who can go through something where you know that the road is going to be tough when you have to go down it but you're willing to take that first step and do it is always um, admirable. And a lot of times people don't realize just how hard taking that first step can be. Cause I, I have to imagine that taking that first step towards the end of your marriage had to have been very difficult. Taking, taking that first step about brought me to my knees or my, my end. Um, after after I divorced and um, had to deal with the divorce and figure, figuring out um, was I going to have rights to my kids? Was I where again going to lose my kids? What it, was it? You know, were my kids going to accept me? I mean, I had so much swarming through my mind. Um, I, I, I can't imagine. I, I just can't imagine. And you you said you were um, evangelical at the time. Um, because my, I kind of joined into my wife's church, and she was, was Pentecostal. Um, so I had a fight with the church, too, because they were trying to tell my kids what to think about me, and I met with the pastor, basically told him, I said, you will, you will not, will not tell my kids who and what I am and how to think about me. I says, I will tell them on my own terms. And I had a meeting with my kids in the city park and left them know and um, oh they were teen they were teenagers so I mean they they kind of had their sway and um, mm -hmm. my oldest daughter my youngest or my middle daughter my youngest didn't really understand she was too little but mm -hmm. my daughter kind of accepted it uh, my oldest daughter went through a period of time where she wasn't really accepting and. Um, she about split Chris and I up because Chris Chris wanted me to kind of push my agenda, my gay agenda on them. Um, Speaking when of the they gay were agenda, when you guys have your next convention, could you find a better term than LGBTQ plus? I can't say that. <laughs> yeah, but he he wanted me sleeping with that with him right off the bat, and I wouldn't do that. I slept on the couch. He slept in the bedroom. And, <laughs> um, it was funny that first summer because he, my oldest daughter about split us up because she didn't want us reading a book to my youngest daughter about uh, dad's it was dad's friend about dad's friend mm -hmm. and I sent the kids outside and I basically had to tell Chris I says if you're asking me to put 
you above my blood, I said, you're going to lose. And mm-hmm. uh, we came to a compromise. But um, but the, then that same that same summer, my middle daughter <laughs> put together like a, I don't know what you want to call it, a towel and pillow and um, I forget what else she used. She, she made like a mini person in mm-hmm. the bed for Chris to sleep with. And <laughs> 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 but so now now my youngest and I, my youngest and my oldest daughter completely and fully accept us my middle daughter just because of the church situation respects us but does not accept our situation so yeah. uh, but the, the the coming out part uh, about did me and because I and it was it was that same brother that signed our marriage certificate mm-hmm. Um, I was in Wyoming. He was in Pennsylvania. Um, he called and talked to me. Um, I mean, I was down and out, sitting in the corner of a room, just bawling my eyes out, telling him I didn't know what I was going to do. I says, you know, I says, I, I knew I didn't want to be married to a woman again. I says, I don't know. I says, if I want to truly commit myself to a man, I says, and if I do, I says, and that falls fails. He says, "I'm probably just going to live with a dog, I guess." And there are worse have... fates than living with a dog. <laughs> so um, he kept in touch with me for a while because um, he thought I was pretty much on the cutting edge or on the verge of contemplating suicide myself. And um, lo and behold, that's that's not. The avenue I wanted to go, and I knew that God had a mm-hmm. bigger purpose for me, um, and that if He if He wanted my life to end, He would figure out how that would be done. But so obviously, it wasn't my time to go, and here I am, uh, twenty years into this relationship, and we're going strong. And yeah, that's I mean, that's twenty years is more than probably the average in America. So you guys are definitely, you know, beating the odds on that. I saw something on Facebook that they said the average marriage is eight years right now. Yeah. I've been married (laughs) for 27. So I hope it's honey. If it's 28, um, I have 80. (laughs) I remember, you know, back when States were making, you know, gay marriage legal and, there was a, you know, a lot of the evangelical church, you know, always says we want biblical marriage. And I was speaking with somebody and that person said, well, you know, in the Bible, there are 13 different types of marriage. So which biblical marriage are they talking about? Like, cause David had like a hundred wives and Solomon had like 500. Yeah. You know, is that the biblical marriage they're talking about? Abraham or um, not Abraham. Uh, Jacob was married to sisters. And the person was like, is that the kind? And I thought, huh, you got a point there. Yeah. Yeah. It was sort of, you know, a, once again, one of those things you never contemplate. And it was an eye-opening thing to me. I personally never really cared one way or the other. But then I did care. So sometimes it just takes somebody just slapping you upside the head, a la Gibbs and um, NCIS, <laughs> you know, to wake you up a little bit. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I... That's what I was trying to say. People don't understand just 
don't know. I think it's just brave when you have to take a first step and you know that the path you're going down is going to be tough. So I, I appreciate that. And that's why I'm sort of doing this deal where I talk to people and, you know, get their life stories because I think sometimes stories are wrapped up with like celebrity, you know, oh, I'm a celebrity and I did this, but it's the everyday person, me, that the story right. is a better story because usually you've gone through more stuff and that's how you get to be the person you are now. Correct. And I mean, it's, I mean, I don't, I'm not affiliated with any um, congregation or uh, church at this point in time other than my own mm-hmm. faith. Um, I grew grew up United Church of Christ, um, and that I mean we had that whole phase too with the U- UCC um, because they had their national convention years back where they were um, putting it forth that they would accept uh, granting gray unions within their church, and um, they had a factor of them that you know said yes they would, and they had the other factor that said no they wouldn't, and the one I was growing up in um, actually denied doing it or refused to do it and wrote a letter and published it, you know, as mm. far as, so I wasn't really quote accepted there, but they would respect when I'd go visit and attend church with parents because um, it's where, where I was confirmed and grew up and my parents, parents still went there. But um, I mean, in my own faith, I, I know procreation's a factor of some people, but I think if you, if if within your life you can find that soulmate that's going to embrace you and encourage you and work with you uh, t- to present and live the positive side of life, and that union grows in love. Um, I mean, I I can't. I mean, I I still feel like I'm I'm living and doing God's purpose, and right. um, and. Chris, Chris embraces that, and I, I can't think that my God would see me as anything less than what he's created me and what I'm doing. Exactly. I, I agree with you on that. People listening, I have to tell you that if Todd has a superpower, it's probably being positive and generous, <laughs> like it's supernatural levels. And, you know, I always end the show with try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud, and I think, I think Todd does that. He's definitely one of those people. And I also want to add that not only does Todd have one of America's great beards, so does Chris. <laughs> they are both blessed in the beard department, which with mask wearing has to be tough because I always end up with this weird indention in my beard because we have to wear them at work. Yeah, I still I still do. But yeah, I'm I'm really glad you came on and talked to me and, you know, about everything. And I I think that it's been a fascinating story because you've gone through, you know, obviously things that I never had to go through. And I, I appreciate that you were willing to go through the things you had to go through to be true to yourself. And um, you're exactly right. Everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who you are. You want to be loved and you want to be loved by that one person it's special to you. So I think it's fantastic that you have found that one person and that you guys have been together for 20 years. Most people don't make it as we discussed earlier. So correct. Yeah. And also his daughter is a fantastic pampered chef person. <laughs> and, and if you have a pampered chef party, do it when they have double rewards point because you can make a killing if you have the right people at your party. 
Yes, you can. <laughs> I just just got done making butternut squash soup in my Pampered Chef um, cooking blender. <laughs> I, I have been using my Pampered Chef air fryer um, a bunch, and it has the rotisserie part in there. And uh -huh. you, you slap like a like a small roast in that bad boy. It is. It comes out perfect. And it's nice to have something small and not have to go through the whole uh, deal of having your oven and everything and the rotisserie thing's great. And I know you have one, so there you go. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? That we still have a few minutes if you want, or feel that there's anything else important that you would like to say or mention the important part of the Todd story? I don't know. I think we pretty much covered a lot of it. I'm glad that you came and talked to me. I know it's weird when someone that you're only friends with on Facebook approaches you to do their podcast that they're just starting. But I appreciate that and I'm very thankful that you agreed to talk to me. Oh, it's been a privilege. It's nice to get to know you even better. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I guess I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. So like I end every show, try to live your life in a way that would make Mr. Rogers proud. We'll Talk to you next week.